This July, we're re-releasing our episodes with Graziella Jackson, a veteran of the U.S. Marine Corps and CEO at Echo & Co. She'll offer her insights on leadership, meaningful transformation, and inspiration through storytelling, and so much more. Welcome back to the Something Forum. Hi, I'm Andy with Echo and Co. And we're on the Something Forum, a new podcast we're producing. I'm here with Graziella Jackson, CEO and partner of Echo and Co. Hello. And today is our third part of a four-part conversation with Graz. Listen to the other two. They're insightful and interesting, if I do say so myself. Um, today, we're going to ask things like, why can't we just? Uh, so a little bit of background is we'll be talking to clients. I'll talk to my dad all the time. He's like, why can't we just do this thing? I'm like, it's not that easy, dad. <laughs> the internet is hard. Um, so I'm going to quiz Graz, put her on the spot a little bit about some of those types of situations. It doesn't have to just be within our work. It could be some fun anecdote. Um, but before I jump into that, I'll just say hi, Graz. Um, Hello. <laughs> thank you thank you these have been so fun i've learned a lot too so yes listen 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 <laughs> shameless plugging <laughs> um okay so why can't we just um what is starting off right away like your favorite cringy question or request you've gotten and again it doesn't have to be we don't have to throw clients under the bus or anything it's just kind of like we hear this and we're just like oh whatever why can't we just cut out the discovery phase? <laughs> <laughs> Why is the discovery phase? Why is that so cringy? Well, I think, you know, every project is its own unique thumbprint. So there is no one si one project, one size project fits all. I don't know how to stitch that phrase together. But um, discovery is so important to not not shortcutting the ideation, the inspiration phase. So if you know the design thinking methodology, the first part to any project is to inspire everybody who's going to be involved in it, in embracing a spirit of possibility, thinking about what's to come, maybe being willing to not shed, but set aside some of the anxieties, fears, cynicisms that might come from past experiences. There's something called anchoring bias, we anchor our, you know, expectations to things that we're familiar with. And so it's really necessary to do that and build a creative, a sense of creative freedom and connection and everyone who's going to be engaged in the process. And to really, like, spend time talking to people and listening, to understand, like, what do they need and want? And what are they scared of? And why? And what do they think is going to go well and what do they think is not going to go well so that we can make sure we're being inclusive of all voices that are going to be a part of the process, whether or not they are highly interested or not interested at all or highly impacted or not impacted at, at all. Everybody has a, a role to play or an information need and we need to anticipate those things and set up everybody uh, for success at the outset. And it's just we come to work. Work is hard. The to-do list grows. It's like a koi. It's going to grow to the size of the pond. You know, <laughs> there's no stopping the to-do list. Yeah. And to actually carve out intentional time to set that aside, to break your mindset out of the day-to-day -day scarcity, you know, mode and to adopt an abundant mindset and really think about what's possible. It's hard to do that. And discovery phases do that. And it is the, 
the most critical phase of a change management project. Mm. And I'm going to say something that maybe will be controversial, but hopefully people will agree. Every digital, major digital project, redesign project or new software project is a change management project. Mm -hmm. If you have more than two or three people involved in bringing that thing to life and maintaining it. And so you Mm -hmm. absolutely have to set up that. And there's a really good book called Switch by Chip and Dan Heath that really outline like the the change management process and the reasons why you have to go through the phases Mm -hmm. in order to set up the subsequent phases for success. Is that the link you just shared yesterday with the... Yes. Yeah. I found an abridged version. Don't tell Chip and Dan Heath though. I don't know who the source is, but... Or it's like a document they put together summarizing it for organizations. It's great. We may not include that in the show notes, depending. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think what you said was really important and I want to sort of reiterate it. I think at least from like my product management e-background, discovery is all about the user. And so the idea is it's essentially like the front facing front of the house people that we think about when we do discovery. We want to understand their their needs in order to design something that helps fit them um, or solve their jobs to be done. Um, But what you're mentioning with change management and a lot of what I think I have seen us do successfully in our discovery phase is sort of bring in the back of the house. And they are absolutely users of the work we do because they are going to use them, but we don't think about it that uh, often or maybe that's not as common of a way of thinking about it. It brings them along to the process and we do get to hear about it and it brings fun into it. Like we try really hard to make I mean, sometimes we're just doing interviews, but like the workshops, we want to bring fun and excitement. And I think that's a really important part of discovery, uh, which you mentioned, but just to like reiterate how important discovery is, because mm-hmm. um, it is easy to, for people to be like, you don't know, we know our users, we know our, you know, our staff, but yeah, there's other pieces to it beyond the assumptions we're making. about. Yeah. That. And, and there is some truth to that. Usually organizations do know their users really well. But it's, it's often highly concentrated in the super users, yeah. right? Because yeah. they're the ones that are coalition partners or they're, uh, if you're in a union, they're the most um, active union members. And so the, the vo- their voices come into much greater vo- focus than the voices of people who are like just discovering you and trying to figure out if you're the best option for them as compared to other options, you know, or having some concerns that maybe they don't have enough skills to, to be a part of the community, you know, or time like those things. So, so I do think that there's, there's a wealth of subject matter expertise and experience that exists inside organizations, but, but what is missing is beginner's mindset. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. what was it like for me as a staff member or for the super user I have in the beginning and how do I create an experience that's equally nurturing of the beginning as it is of this moment, you know, so that that's really important. And there was one other thing I was thinking, it kind of tied back into what we were talking about the last session, I guess the last uh, segment about the fungal networks, like Uh the sort of support networks I think when it comes to creativity, we're not, we're individual thinkers. We don't have node-based thinking like they have in Star Wars, where you have entire communities who just like make a face and they all understand (laughs) each other, you know? 
And so we have different thinking styles, learning styles, creative styles. We have different things going on in our lives where we have different anxiety levels that we're bringing to work with us on any given day. And you don't want people to be like inhabiting group think. Right. You want everybody to do be doing their individual best thinking collectively. Yeah. And what that usually means is you have to create really good decision frameworks. You have to like actually workshop the methods by which you're going to make decisions on this project so that mm-hmm. then everybody uses the same tool for making decisions in their independent decision de- decision styles or learning yeah. styles. And discovery helps create those frameworks. It makes sure you have a shared definition of success, a shared vocabulary that you can use through the project, and the actual frameworks that you're going to agree to use when making difficult and complex decisions that then might affect somebody's work. Mm. So it's that's so critically important. And anyone who's like an operations guru <laughs> knows that. Um, but it's just sometimes the desire to move quickly into an awesome design phase overcome easily overcomes the n- necessary part of like figuring out the organization's DNA mm-hmm. and figuring yeah. out how we're going to create a system and a network internally by which like people can share their intellectual resources and come to a common decision about things. Yeah. Also one thing that came up was like this, reflects like diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging, right? So if we're thinking about the different ways people are learning and making decisions, if we skip over that, we are missing an opportunity to to create a space that is more inclusive, that does create more belonging for people with different, you know, approaches to those things, all of those categories, um, which I hadn't thought about before, but with the way you said it, I was like, oh, this is even more important than I already thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does it tell you about um, a client or a project if they do, like, does it sort of give you any insights into their culture or to their mindset if they're like, can we skip discovery? Yeah, I think, I mean, I I always want to empathize with the organization first. I think there are real reasons for it. You know, it is a timeline or budget drivers. Things need to get done really quickly. Um, Oftentimes it's because there's a big leadership transition or a staff transition and it become, or a board transition. It's like a platform for telling a new story. And in my experience, there's oftentimes there's a way to accomplish that, that like immediate urgent communication need while also leaving enough time for a more strategic approach to the project and work, you know, grounded in research and discovery. Oftentimes you can think through workshops or listening sessions or, you know, I don't know, collaboration sessions or even revealing the process, the findings from the process along the way can sometimes often be enough to satisfy like funders and board members and leadership who really want to see something move forward really quickly. And, you know, the, the other thing that's really interesting that comes up a lot is like, how can this be as innovative as it can be? Like, what is innovation? And a lot of times when 
people are talking about innovation, they're talking about a flashy design. Mm-hmm. But sometimes innovation is actually really quiet. Yeah. And it's not obvious and it's not powerful. Like being able to innovate the way a team uses a content management system to reduce the number of hours they spend producing a piece of content, that's truly innovative. Yeah. Whether or not there's like a ton of animation in the front end of that experience, Mm -hmm. maybe it's innovative, but that's more like aesthetically yeah robust <laughs> you know it's bells it's bells and whistles yeah it's not innovation innovation the way we think about it is like are we doing something that's like meaningfully and measurably advancing the work forward much more quickly than it could be advanced through tools that can be applied in different ways you know whether or not it's a workflow or a tool or a content management system or a new way of working or a decision framework if it's reducing time and rapidly advancing the work that's done, like that's truly innovating. And, um, and I, I don't know that that's always known because I think in a, something what's innovating is sometimes confused with what's satisfying. Right. Um, and that can, that's tricky. I love the quote that sometimes innovation is really quiet. I think that's amazing. Um, really insightful. And you're right. People think about sort of the flashier things. Even when we get requirements lists, sometimes it's like we want all of this like technical solution, but sometimes that isn't actually going to be innovative. It isn't helping to push the push the needle toward their, you know, mission and goals and stuff. Um, I really love that. And I think we should put it on bumper stick. It goes on our yeah. billboard. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to the first episode. Guys. Oh, yeah. Have a billboard. Sometimes innovation is quiet. Yeah. I, I would, I would, I would, you can't click on a billboard. How do you get in touch? Innovation is uh, quiet. In it with dot com. Giant QR code. Yeah, giant QR code. Just that. <laughs> yeah. I would visit that website. Hashtag innovation is quiet. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Something Forum. Tune in next week as we continue our series with Graziella Jackson. I'm your host, Andy Vanderlyn. Alyssa Huntley is our editor. This podcast is produced by Echo & Co., a digital agency sending creativity on a mission.